Hi, I'm Jess. And I'm George. And this is Transpantastic, a podcast about gender, identity, orientation, and all the life that happens between it. What kind of life you got this week? Social support activities. Social support activities. Memorial services and stuff like that. Go and be supportive of the people who are your social people who need support. Yes, because they have dead people. They have dead people. Yes. You know, it happens. It happens. Mm -hmm. It does. And a lot of people at the funeral were interested to meet me because you don't talk about me a lot at work. And it's funny because I'm thinking, what kind of stories have these people heard? And they're like, absolutely nothing. You already know I don't talk. What are you thinking? (laughs) You didn't think of that, huh? No. (laughs) (laughs) I, I was thinking, I am happy to have my husband and I like to talk about him. And so I thought if my husband is happy to have me, then he would like to talk about me. But He doesn't like to talk. I probably say things like the computer guy lady. Yeah. Knows about you because I might say things like, oh, yes, my wife likes to do the technology at our house. And so if the technology is being naughty, my wife goes after it and scares it back into behaving. (laughs) Stuff like that. So they, they would know those kind of stories that relate to something else they're saying. Right. Yeah. That makes sense. But um, my work wife mostly knows what kind of naughty things our children have done that day or that week. Or yes. that weekend. Because I come in. Because you need to vent about those. And uh, she says, looks at her watch, which usually isn't even on her wrist, and looks at me and says, so George, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> because they've usually made you late. They have often made me late, Yes. Yes. Which is funny because lately I've been taking them more than you have, but... Yes. Or if it's not the children, then then she also knows a lot about what kind of things my mother... Oh, yes. ...needed that day. Or, Or, yes. (sighs) Which was a joke at the social activity I was at this morning, which was not a memorial service. Yes, there was a cultural event that started prior to dawn this morning, and... There were some other folks that I've worked with, and there's a guy who works in a different job. Yes. But it's still part of a government-type agency. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, we were standing around talking, and that was interesting because... Oh, tell me. He stood around talking to me like he does one of the guys. Uh-huh. And he's known me for years, and we've gone to this thing for years, and he doesn't usually talk to me very much. Right. But I noticed as we're standing there talking, he talked more about the technical sides of his job than ever before. And he's been doing that job for some time since he transferred from, you know, over where I'm at. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that was a different conversation that he had with me as a man than he would have before I did my transition, you know, my my final points of transition here. Mm Mm-hmm. And I noticed it, and I do notice those kinds of things. And it's interesting to me the way that people will treat you differently from before. And we've talked about this before, but it's been highlighted again recently with the memorial service and with these cultural events and with politics. Yes, definitely politics. Politics is a little bit crazy in the U.S. right now. And we don't usually talk about politics. We're not... We try not to, no, because... It's rarely pertinent to our model of education and advocacy by way of storytelling. Right. But today it kind of is. 
This time it kind of is. And I think that has a lot to do with that there is a woman running for president. There is. Yes. And About damn time. It's Yes, it's not happened in our country. <laughs> and there are things that I notice as a trans guy and I think about and relate to that being because I'm a trans guy that make that pertinent to this microphone we're talking to. And there was a bit in the Humans of New York that Hillary had done talking about the way that people perceive her differently. Right. And you were like, oh my gosh, this is so true. And there are links to videos where guys talk about this a lot online. There are a handful of them where trans guys talk about how people treat them differently as males compared to how they had been treated prior to transition. And we have talked about that as well. We have. But in this case, it was really interesting because people are like, oh, you know, she's so shrill. She's so bitchy. She's so loud. She's this, she's that. And she's calling it out. Right. And I was glad to see that because we all, okay, not all of us. How many, what's the percent of women? And then add the trans people to that. Whatever that percent is. Those ones are mostly aware of this situation, and then there might be some guys that are too, but I'm not going to give them credit without them standing up and saying so. Yeah. Because they don't deserve it. So I know I've had an awareness of this, and I've heard other people talking about it, mm-hmm. but to see it on a bigger news item. Yes. And, and I think there's been some touching on it on some news items, but this particular news item clip was specifically about calling out this issue. Yes. And I will put a link to it in our social media. So if you want to see this, it has just been posted just before this episode dropped. And it says things like, I'm not Barack Obama. I'm not Bill Clinton. Both of them carry themselves naturally, but I'm married to one and I've worked for the other. So I know how hard they work at being natural. You have to communicate in a way that people say, okay, I get them. And that can be more difficult for a woman because who are your models? Oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait, she is. She is. Right. There you go. But she's got to fight the fight first. She does. And she's talking about, you know, it's, it's not good. It's not bad. It's just a fact that women are seen through a different lens. And I would take a little bit of issue with whether it's good or bad, but... I think she's trying to smooth things out by saying it's not good, it's not bad, because she also says it's funny. And yeah, that kind of funny. It's funny. As far as most of us are concerned. You know. Or every person that's ever faced that issue themselves is concerned. And the thing that she really connected with me in, she says... I've learned that I can't be quite so passionate in my presentation. I love to wave my arms, but apparently that's a little bit scary to people. And I can't yell too much. It comes across as too loud or too shrill or too this or too that, which is funny because I'm always convinced that the people in the front row are loving it. (laughs) And that's kind of where I'm at a lot. I present myself in a way that is relatable to the people immediately in front of me, but I'm not seeing how other people perceive that presentation. Right. Whereas you as a guy, you just get to present yourself however the hell you want to, and people just think, oh, he's just that kind of guy. They do, which is fascinating to me and quite odd and too easy. (laughs) Male privilege what? Yeah, because I 
question myself frequently. I spent a lot of time being perceived as a woman that I had the other experience in. And you didn't get any of freedom at all, let alone this much freedom to just be some quirky person. Right. Might not fit in the mold of the other more standard, stereotypical male people that are around. Right. Although I think there is some exception to guys having to be exactly a certain way in different areas of like, it, it, you know, I'm not denying that that's also got to come along with the male privilege mm-hmm. of being allowed to do these things. But, but there's also been a discouraging of not being male enough in, in our society and other societies. Yes. If you don't present yourself as typically male, then you start to lose some of that male privilege. I suppose so. I've heard it from a lot of young boys. Yeah. I wouldn't know that yet because I can't quite tell the difference. Because you don't come off as faggy like a lot of the guys that I hang out with do. And these are conversations I've had with some of them and at Bible study with some M to F trans folk who are like, well, I never had male privilege. And it's probably because I never presented myself as male as the rest of the guys did. You know, it makes a lot of sense. It does. It does. I think there's some areas where there's, it's a little easier, like geeky people are more accepting of, you don't have to be male enough. Mm-hmm. So as a trans guy, I, I, I know other trans guys, especially younger ones, get a little more concerned about how they present themselves around other groups of males because they don't want to be picked out and then beaten up, right? True. But if people perceive you as male first and as heteronormatively male first, then you get a lot of leeway with all the other aspects of your presentation. Yes. I think of this morning when I was at this event and there were some pretty quirky guys that were part of our group. And it's not a problem at all that Uh they're just really, I mean, they're really quirky guys. Yes. But it's just like, oh, well. That's just the kind of guy that he is. Guess we better watch how we're communicating with him so that he understands us and we understand him. You know, there's some leeway made for that, but that's not a woman's world. There's no women that get That that phrase makes me feel a little bit stabby. I'm sorry. I'm sure it does. (laughs) You actually were quiet. Everybody heard the silence, right? But it's true. Yeah. Because I think about any women that were around that area, and if, and if they don't kind of fit into whatever social circle's going on, they need to. Yeah. <laughs> That's about it. There's no, there's not as many options for them. Right. And you've said that, you know, some of these people at the cultural event were people from work. And at work, you've had the opportunity to observe some of these interactions between other people. Yes. And one guy in particular who has a little bit too much male privilege slash misogyny going on. Yeah, there's a guy who has befriended me on the terms of sports ball, as you would call it. Mm -hmm. But because there are some women who are used to talking around me and talking to my work wife a lot, I am quite aware that they are displeased with him. What are some examples of things that he does that causes them to be displeased with him? He runs them over. He ignores them. He ignores what they're saying. He disregards... Mansplaining, manterrupting. Yes, all those things. Yeah, okay. I mean, they really don't like it. Uh-uh. And they don't think he does a good job anyway. And they're displeased with the whole thing. 
And understandably so. True. But this guy has decided he's your friend because you guys have the same sports team. Yes, we have a sports team in common. And that is a foundation for male friendship. It is, which is funny because I don't watch that sports team as much as he does. I like am aware of their general winning or losing streak. Yes. And I'm from, you know, a background of watching them when I was younger. But They're I your don't, hometown team. I, I couldn't sit there and discuss the virtues or deficits of certain players or what their things were this week, except apparently they've been losing a lot as far as I could tell. So I couldn't do anything like that. And then we have rival other sports ball teams. Yes. You, you the share base- the baseball team and your no, we anti-football should. team? No, no other, other way around. It's the other way, but it doesn't okay. matter. So that I do have a little more information on. You know, I can say something about baseball. Yes, you can. If I want to. But this guy is not the kind of person who you would generally befriend. Otherwise, no. I think there's a bit of a, a camaraderie of guys in general anyway. There's that first part. And then there's the there's not as many guys in the area of work that we are in. Mm-hmm. So the group of us do kind of end up together. Okay. And, and and they do, you know, do that guy thing where they're like, I, just like the I see the ladies going out to coffee together or whatever, and the guys go get food. Mm-hmm. So... You're friends with this guy and he's an asshat. Yeah. He's very polite to your face, but, but I can see how he's disregarding these women's ideas and input and so forth, even though they're part of the job. <laughs> that they're working on together. Right. And I can also see the part where the women are, are stuck in trying to deal with him because there's no way for them to, as in the place that they're in to say to him, no, really, the way the way you're responding to me and, and treating me is not, it's not up to par. Right. There's no social construct of handing that back to him and saying, you should deal with this better. Because uh-huh. if they say something, I mean, there should be, there should be a way to do that. Yes, there should, but there often isn't. I, I don't know of any in general. You know, I mean, there are ways to generate complaints with HR about discrimination or about hostile work environment. But the problem is that a lot of these microaggressions really don't add up to a full-blown complaint. And they are so subtle that a lot of women have just been trained into dealing with it and working around it. They are. And that's why there's not something for them to just do about it at that time or overall. Right. And it's wrong. There needs to be a way to deal with that. Right. And I thought about, you know, okay, so he talks to me and he would accept what I'm saying, most likely because I'm a male. So what would I say to him then to call his attention to that? And then would I know what to say? Because I didn't grow up in the male culture of how to, you know, deal with your buddy who's being an asshat about something. (laughs) And then also, so not sure if I have that language for that. I mean, I could just try some things. And then there's a, you know how we we listened to that NPR thing not too long ago and the the guy was interviewing his friend from his old neighborhood. Oh, yes. About the cat calling. about cat calling. And like he's trying to call out his friend and he's bringing in female voices. He's like, Oh, look, here she We know her since we were kids. Yeah, back to the guy and saying, no, really, you are effing up. And he's like, no, really, they like it. And and she's right there saying no. And he says, oh, yeah, you do. So would he listen? 
would he be able to hear it? Does he have any way of absorbing that information and and doing something with it? Don't know. Who knows? Don't know. Who knows? And, you know, like you said, with the difference in vocabulary and presentation of communication as a gendered thing, I think you notice it more. And so it puts you off of talking more because you are aware of, oh, I'm not sure that I have the right words to get through to this guy. I'm not sure I have the right syntax to get through to this guy, the right body language while I'm saying it to get through to this guy, because these are all very gendered things that can affect the way other people perceive what you have to say. So, so yeah, I don't know him that well. And then you always have to be careful at work anyway. But it occurred to me that I might be the one who has the opportunity. And so then those other thoughts that you just mentioned went through my head of, okay, so do I know how to do that? Besides like the usual ways I would talk to somebody, be, you know, being careful because it's a work situation and stuff. Mm-hmm. I- I'm thinking one of the better ways to do that might be to make sure that I go to meetings with some of those women and then stop him if he's doing that at that time and say, hang on, what I heard mm-hmm. our co-worker be, say Be that is, male advocate yes. like, like our Jesus friend has done and yes. say, no, here is what's really happening. And then when they thank you for the idea, you say, the woman said it. It was her. <laughs> yes. Great goes to her. And yes. see, see, like, you know, maybe walk him through that. I, that could work a little bit more effectively. It could. I have no idea. Right. And that's the thing about it. I mean, it's totally wrong, and then there should be a solution, and it's baffling that there's not. It is. But, you know. When they have gotten very used to being stuck there, the, I mean, the women have. Mm-hmm. And he's doesn't need to be aware, so he's not. Right. And women like you said, have gotten very well trained in our culture to deal with it. Yeah. And if I can help them not have to do that, that seems to be a good job to have. Yes. Mm -hmm. Way to use your privilege positively. Thank you. You're welcome. There's another person at work, though. The reason we brought up the, the memorial service is because when you had that very first meeting, when you were getting ready to send the email out to the entire department that you were go- coming out and transitioning, and here are my new pronouns, I'm keeping my same name, and this is what the situation is, and here's how you can deal with it. Yes. And all of a sudden, people were listening to you like that. Whereas before, you had been in the dismissive group. Yes. And there was a video about how trans guys, and this one trans guy in particular, do have that experience. And so experientially and politically and historically do fit in some small ways into the category of female as far as you know, how how they interact with politics, how they interact with other situations like that. I pointed out a video to you where one of the trans guys that I have kept up with on YouTube talks about that politically he's in a women's category mm-hmm. and he explains his reasons for it. Yes. And I had started to listen to it and didn't get to listen to the rest. I said, I think we should listen to that because I've thought about this quite a bit lately with our current election status. 
He talks about it in some facets of queers often being in the same category of discrimination as women mm-hmm. in general. And, and I think that that is a true situation as well. The things I had thought about, which he mentions a bit of that as well, is I had to live in a woman's world, and I know a lot about what goes on there while they're dealing with men. <laughs> and I'm in that category from that perspective. Uh-huh. And it reminds me of the point of no return. <laughs> yeah. You have too much information. And you can't go back and, you know, not that I would, but you get a certain amount of information and experience and you're going to see things from that perspective. Yeah. Once you have that, you can't, you can't deny that. Right. And so I, I relate to those politics of women as well because of my experience. Right. And I realize yeah, there are some cisgendered straight men who advocate for that as well and maybe see it as well, mm-hmm. and so forth. They don't experience it. No. And so it's still a different situation. Right. Where they, you know, they almost have a choice, even if they have seen it, and they do know. Mm-hmm. Whereas women and queers and anybody who gets put in the lesser category of politics, mm-hmm. they don't. No. That's not an option. They live there. Right. So I was really happy to see the where Hillary's calling out things, even though she does it very nicely by calling it funny. (laughs) (laughs) I thought she was being very diplomatic. (laughs) Well, she's (laughs) trained herself to be diplomatic. Yes. For many jobs. Yes. Yes. I think being able to do that with this type of situation takes a whole new level of diplomacy. It's true. So thinking about that and how guys do just pay attention to you now and the way that things changed at work like that, there's this one woman who, when you transitioned at work, she had been fairly social, not terribly social, but fairly social. Yes, decently so. And she just quit acknowledging your existence altogether. Pretty much. Yes. And I've noticed it. And somebody said there was a few people at my office that could have a hard time that were of a certain type of religious zeal (laughs) (laughs) that might have a harder time with that. And she is one of those type of people. Yes. They were surprised she didn't have a harder time with me as just a queer. Yeah. So I was interested and I was thinking when we were at the memorial that I would mention this to you mm-hmm. at some point, and then we were at the memorial saying hi to people because you hear me talk about various people there, and so I wanted you to go meet them and see what they looked like and talk to them yourself. So I thought, well, let's see what happens if we go and say hi with my wife <laughs> because I do like to instigate even if I don't like to be social. <laughs> That's so true. I thought that, but but then there we were talking to some other people. We had just come in, uh-huh. and she came right over and talked to you. And she didn't talk to you. She still won't acknowledge your existence. No, she didn't. But she did say hi to me, and we go to the same gym. She goes to the gym that we do. Yes. And so there would be fairly often when I had more time to go to the gym that she and I would pass one another in the locker room. Right. And I always got the sense that she was only half acknowledging me and half trying to get away from me, which is sort of that no homo, I'm in the locker room thing. Right. 
She might have been. I don't know. I don't know either. But the sense I always got from her was, I'm going to acknowledge your existence because it is the proper thing to do. And then yesterday at the memorial service, she comes right over and says, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. And I say, yeah, I haven't gotten to the gym because grad school. Right. Didn't even... And no. She didn't acknowledge you at all. No, I was standing right there. And she says, oh, you haven't had time for anything then. And I said, no, not really. And Yeah, you guys had a little conversation there. Yes, it was... And then off she went. Small talk. Yes. Nonetheless, you know, communicative small talk. And Mm -hmm. I'm not big on small talk. I I tend to put information into my small talk, even when it's really just small talk. Because I don't like communicating about nothing. Yeah, I guess that is you, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was funny. It was funny because she still wouldn't even, like, acknowledge you. So, yeah, and I pointed out to you after, I said, you know, this was my plan, and I forgot to tell you because other things, but yeah. but I would have remembered once I got there and saw her. That people are weird to you now. Like, it's different. And I don't yeah. mean weird like like she's weird. She's just weird. But, like, it's all different. She's just weird because of the way she selectively tries to decide if how to interact with people yeah. on some moral decision or appearingly moral decision. I don't know. I don't know. We had gone to a birthday party at her house where your work wife was bartending. Right. Like way before. Right. Because see, I went, we went and sat down with a group of people over there. They said, pull up more chairs. And then this guy came by and you were looking like, okay, I wonder who this guy is. So I told you who he was. And I don't work with him directly. I've seen him now and again. Mm-hmm. We've been introduced at mm-hmm. things that we are both going to or, you know, reintroduced right. and stuff. But he came and almost like touch base mm-hmm. with like I've seen women do with their friends. They go and touch base and mm-hmm. hide to their friends. Guys do this thing like there's not a lot of guys over here. So I'm going to go say hi to the guy because then I feel better. Right. You know? Yes. And so and but I don't really know him, so But it's this camaraderie of you're not making small talk like they are and you don't have a high voice like they do, so you'll be easier to interact with. And so I'm going to go by you. And then we'll both sit here and not talk and it'll be good. <laughs> That's funny to me. It, it is kind of funny. I think he is a little more social. Mm-hmm. And the lady sitting next to me had talked to him quite a bit because she's worked with him a lot. Right. So that's funny in an odd way. Yes, in a not in a haha, but like an unusual, strange. Shaking my head, no, to haha. Ha ha. <laughs> <laughs> so people treat you very differently now, but you have that experience and that history that you understand the difference. And so in a lot of cases, you are still very feminist and very understanding of and in solidarity with females and female causes. Yep. Even when people are weird. And that's a funny thing between you and me. You'll probably say something right away, even if it's not exactly what you should say. I will say something. <laughs> and I'll just kind of be quiet and think about what would be the best thing to say for a few weeks before I figure it out. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, which is actually funny, haha. It is funny, haha. Yeah. You you have a very, very fine mesh filter, cognitive speech social filter. Mm-hmm. And my cognitive filter is like chicken wire. <laughs> I think that chickens could get out. <laughs> I don't think it's chicken wire. (laughs) (laughs) Ding, we're done. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so is that it? 
I think that's it for now. We might talk more about it as the election gets closer. Well, that'll be interesting. Won't it? From us, anyway. (laughs) It'll be different. All right, that's it. Yep. We'd love to hear from you, so let us know what you think or what you want to hear about by emailing us at transpantastic at gmail.com or by commenting at our website, transpantastic.net. Don't forget to subscribe in Stitcher, iTunes, or your favorite podcatcher, and leave us reviews and star ratings. Disclaimer time. We are neither your doctor nor your mental health professional. We are here to discuss our own lives, so we take no responsibility for your decisions based on our discussions. If you are considering transition, please seek professional assistance. If you are considering parenting while transitioning, you definitely need professional assistance. All contents are distributed under a Creative Commons no-derivative license and may be shared freely in their entirety. Any alteration or less-than-complete reproduction requires permissions of the hosts. Thanks for listening! And there's the... Yes, I know. There's some kind of gas-powered machinery nearby that's bothering you. people are trimming the vegetation around the trail behind us, and so it might sound like a chainsaw or some other gas-powered landscaping device. Yes. With apologies, but this is our only time child-free. Yes. From us, not from them. No, they do not apologize. (laughs) No, they do not. (laughs) Right. So. So, um. You showed me the video and said we should talk about this, so I'm offering you to talk about it. (laughs) What video? The video from that guy yesterday. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, thanks. Uh Uh-huh. Because I thought you were talking, going to go talk about the memorial Uh service. I was going to talk after that about how when that happened, there was a woman who, after that, after we talk about the video first. Yeah, so I got got on a different track. Here's our long-term goal. Here's our short-term goal. Yes, I got it now. Yes. I've been up a long time. I know you have. Um, My eyes are... I'm sorry. Bothering me if I take the glasses off, but if I leave them on, my ear hurts. Do you have an older pair of glasses that That would be acceptable? the older pair. Oh. Yeah. Where's the newer pair? They're being fixed. No, no, the the older, older pair. Like... No. Three years ago, no? No, and they wouldn't be a good prescription to wear. Okay. Yeah. Okay. The prescription changed more between those. Okay. Less between these, but mm-hmm. I'll just have to get them fixed tomorrow. Anyway. Anyway. That shape the way you see the... Fuck. <laughs> no. It's really comfortable. But I'm it's... glad it's comfortable. You go right ahead. It's just going to take me a second to adapt to that. <laughs> I know. I, I said something to... You, you're wear... Just to clarify, because this is probably going to go in the bloopers, you're wearing your glasses a funny way because they hurt your ear on the one side. And yes. you've got new ones on the way, but you're still waiting for them to arrive. Yes. And so you look funny when you put your glasses on your head a funny way to make and it And that's what I told them when I was over at the eyeglass place. And I said, I'm also going to look at sunglasses. And they said, do you want these? And, and you said, what about the ones the doctor has? The, the, the Ray-Bans. And that, this is why I can't have those. Because they're plastic and the plastic swells. And then I end up wearing them like this because it hurt my ears. And I can't wear glasses like this because my wife will say, what are you doing? <laughs> and this is what I told the lady at the place. And she looked at me like, of course she would. And no, you can't do that. Let's look at some different frames. Ah, ah that's great. Yes. And you have your glasses tucked way up into the top of your hair. It's funny. 
Away from my ears. Yes. Basically. Ha, 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 ha.